Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern and I'm so grateful that you've joined us this week. We are going to start a four-week study in the book of Philippians this week. We're going to start in chapter one, and this week we're looking at verse six, and verse six of Philippians chapter one says this, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. There's so much to unpack here, and my dear friend Melina Puente is here to help me do that this week. Hi, Melina. Hey, Carrie. It's great to have you back. We're going to jump into the truth and the choice in just a minute, but if it's okay, Melina, I'd like just to give kind of a high-level view of the book of Philippians, when it was written, who wrote it, just so we understand the context and why this verse is so important. So the Apostle Paul had three different missionary journeys, and on his second missionary journey, he spent three months approximately in the city of Philippi. And during this time, he founded this church, and he got really, really close to the people there. They became his family, some of his dearest friends. And part of the evidence that we have of this is he went back on his third missionary journey and spent another significant amount of time with them. So now he's writing the book of Philippians, and he's actually in prison in Rome. And this church in Philippi was, for a period of time, the only church that was supporting him. They really had his back, not just financially, but they were his prayer warriors. Yes. And this is a letter of gratitude. You know, the tone of it is so different than, let's use for an example, uh, Galatians or Colossians, where he's giving these stern warnings and, you know, basically saying, watch out, you're in danger. This is really a book of admiration and appreciation and great love. It's like a family member he's writing to is what it feels like to me. And so as I read through this book, and as I've prayed through the entire book to prepare for today to jump into chapter one, What I'm really seeing as the theme of this verse is there is hardship, there is adversity, there is suffering, but in the middle of the difficulties, the suffering, the hardships, as Christians, men and women of God, we are to show the world what humility looks like, what service looks like, Mm -hmm. and how to have hope beyond our circumstances. Those are the three big things I saw, humility, service, and hope. And he is living out all of these things. And so he's writing this around 61, 62 AD. And this is probably near the end of his imprisonment in Rome. And he knows he's going to be getting out soon. He kind of hints to that several different places. But he's not writing this as a response to a crisis. He's basically saying, I love you guys. Thank you for your support. This is what we need to be praying about, you know, Kind of like what I was talking about with Crystal in Galatians the last couple of weeks, the Judaizers are starting to move in on this church as well. So there's a lot of threat of the law coming back into the grace that the church had received and kind of making a mockery of the cross, right? What Jesus did isn't enough. You need to abide to the law. So that threat's coming back in. So Paul is writing, not because they've fallen away, but to encourage them so that they won't fall away. Because a lot of the same temptations that face the other New Testament churches 
are also coming against this church. And he's saying, guys, stand strong. And so that is kind of the context that we go into tonight. It's not that they didn't have difficulties. I really look at the church in Philippi when Paul wrote this is, is what we're kind of going through. If you look back at you know, 2020, 2021, really hard years, really trying times, Mm -hmm. lots of suffering. And it's important to note that this church in Philippi was starting to experience persecution. So this is a difficult time. But what is Paul's message to them? If you read this entire book, he's saying, be joyful, rejoice in the Lord always. Have a joy that goes beyond your circumstances. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? We'll get to that later when we get to the choice. <laughs> but but as you unpack the truth for us, Melina, let me read this verse again. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. So he's writing this to say, guys, don't give up. Yes. Jesus is coming. Yes. And he's going to give you everything you need. I know it's hard but don't give up because he started it and he's going to complete it. So that's kind of the backstory. What is the truth that you pull out of this verse, Melina? The confidence, the certainty that Paul has and tying it to what you and Crystal shared last week, very specifically just that within, there's this within shift that it becomes external. Mm-hmm. And it's this confidence that Paul's writing to them uh, like a coach, just kind of like, Good job, you guys. Mm-hmm. It resonates for me in being able to speak life over that. You know, that's my heart as an educator, mm-hmm. continuing to speak life over the kids and, and the people that I work with so that we all fight this good fight and, and we keep our eyes on the end goal. And I, I love that Paul, like, exhort his friends mm-hmm. and say, I am confident that the work that's been started within you, and it is Jesus, without a doubt, that it is not going to end until his return. And so Mm. for me, the truth being that work inside, there's a confidence that we can speak over people that's true and being able to say, God started it and Jesus will complete it. Mm. That's such an important reminder because I think all of us have times where we kind of look at our own, I'm using air quotes, success. How am I doing? And most of us, frequently would say, not so well. I'm failing a lot. I'm falling flat on my face in the mud a lot. I'm not doing so hot. It's easy to get discouraged. Yeah. But when do we get discouraged? When we're looking at ourselves, when we're looking at what we're doing and what we're capable of. And Paul's message here is stop looking at yourselves. Look at Jesus and what Jesus has done. And when you look at what Jesus has done, you're more likely to have hope of what he will do, what he's about to do, what he's capable of doing. So I love that truth that you pointed out, probably the most important thing, because basically you're saying, where are your eyes? If your eyes are on you, probably not really hopeful and confident. But if they're on Jesus, then you're going to believe not only that you can continue, but that the victory is yours. Yes. It's interesting for me, the truth that I was really focused on as I meditated on this verse is how this confidence, or it can also be translated as certainty in the New Living Translation, it says, I'm certain. In the NIV, in many other texts, it says, I'm confident. Whatever your text says, I think that word can be taken two different ways. It it can either serve as a challenge 
for those of us that struggle with pride, where we might have days where we are tempted to think that our success or the good things that we do or the money that we make or the things that we achieve are because of what we're doing, what we're capable of. It can really serve to humble us and remind us that everything that we have is a gift from God and everything that we are able to do, we're doing in service to him, not for our own glory, not for our own credit. And then it also serves to give confidence to the weary, to the downtrodden, to those of us that need the encouragement to keep going on. Because 2020 was hard and 2021 is hard. And oh, Lord, please don't let 2022 be hard. So it can either serve to humble us or to encourage us to keep going and not find our confidence in ourselves. But again, like you said, in who he is. So I like that you can really play that word in the Greek either way. It's either Mm -hmm. to humble you if you're prideful or it's either to give you confidence if you're feeling insecure and fearful. I love that, that we can really apply it to our lives regardless of where we're at today. So as you have reflected on the truth and made that very clear, what is the choice that you've kind of been led to as you've spent some time meditating on that truth? I would say from that truth of the within work that is done, the picture I got was if we're going to grow and it is from the inside out, so to speak, that internal work that when I'm alone with Jesus, what is coming out of me that whether it's worship, prayer, whatever, it's like what's inside that's going to reflect that. And I realize I have to make room inside of me to let Jesus kind of fill all those spaces. And one of the things that I was reminded of when I was praying about this verse and the picture I got was when I was asked by a a very dear friend, she says, have you asked God to heal that? Mm. And she was referring to my struggle with my eating disorder. And I looked at her with just, you know, big saucer eyes. And I said, he would do that for me? Mm. And she was like, oh, yes, he would love to. And through this beautiful time of healing, prayer, what I was able to see in the spirit was just this black glob of blob that I felt like was getting pulled out of me. It was just that darkness was being pulled out. So there was like a void. Basically, if you're going to pull something out of the inside, you got to fill it up. And so it was then just that time of prayer and just believing what is true. And really gratitude is probably the the biggest thing I experienced in that moment was the gratitude and almost the lightness I felt because it wasn't this weight on me. In regard to a choice, that experience has just kind of reminded me we have to put in what we want to experience and walk in and allow to change our lives. Mm -hmm. Then there's room for what Jesus wants to do on the inside that will then manifest and let people see. So that choice is make room on the inside. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so good, Melina. Thank you for sharing that so transparently and authentically. I really appreciate you being vulnerable. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And we all have areas of dependency. We all have things that we need to give to him. You know, for you, that was many years ago now that you surrendered that eating disorder. That was a really, really big milestone. That's something that you'll never forget. I recently had a much smaller one, not nearly as significant or important in light of eternity, but I started a new workout program, you know, for the new year. And I have to tell you, it was so hard that many days I was moved to tears. I was in so much pain 
but I knew that I could do it and I knew that I would get stronger if I didn't quit. But I was reminded how sometimes even the smallest little things that we think we can do ourselves are opportunities for us to say, God, I've got to surrender my pride. I've got to surrender my will. In my case, it was I have to surrender that I can do this alone. So it could be something as small as that, where I can experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ by simply saying, I can't do this workout by myself. It's too hard. That's a small thing. Whereas you experienced it on a grand, powerful, life-changing scale by saying, I surrender this eating disorder. But both of those surrender, one seemingly small, one seemingly very significant. They both led us to a place of allowing ourselves to be filled up more deeply with the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Yes. Having more intimacy in our relationship with him. And you know what I love is in this same chapter, chapter one of Philippians, if you look at verse 12 with me, I think it kind of summarizes for me the choice that I pulled out, not just really from this verse, but from the whole chapter. Verse 12 says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here, and he's talking about all of the persecution that he suffered in Rome leading up to his imprisonment, everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Everybody here, including the guards, know that I am here, that I am in prison for preaching Jesus Christ. And most, not some, most of the believers here have gained confidence to boldly speak for him without fear. Mm. Paul is jumping up and down in a prison cell. I can see him like doing calisthenics, right? He's like doing jumping jacks. Hey guys, guess what? My family, my friends, guess what? Good news. God is using me being in prison to send the gospel out and to embolden and give courage to the body of Christ who didn't have courage. Now they're boldly sharing Christ without fear Isn't God good that he's using me being here in prison? I'm like, whoa, how is that for a choice that instead of saying, as we're looking at verse six, it's too hard. I can't finish the race. 2020 was too hard. 2021 was too hard. I can't finish. It's too hard. What if we said, I'm going to run the race well, because I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus who's the author and finisher of my faith. He started me on this journey. He's going to fulfill everything that he wants to accomplish through my life. And he's going to use everything hard in my life for two things, to glorify himself Mm -hmm. and to draw other people to himself. Yes. And I'm going to be honest, Melina, this is a this is a challenging choice for me. I am, I'm sitting here stating it as my choice, but I'm not going to act like I'd live this every day. I've got a long way to go on this one. But you know who this makes me think of? It makes me think of my sister, Kim. Oh, yes. I would say my sister, Kim, reminds me a lot of the Apostle Paul in saying I would choose. She's actually said this to me. I would choose ALS. I would choose sitting in a wheelchair, being completely paralyzed only able to communicate with my eyes on my eye gaze computer. Do you know what she does all day? She encourages the body of Christ and she asks God to find ways to glorify himself through her prison, which is a wheelchair. So you and I are looking at her prison, that wheelchair going, that is so awful. 
What a terrible, terrible thing, God. And Kim is saying, like the Apostle Paul doing jumping jacks, look what God is doing, everybody. God is glorifying himself. God is emboldening and giving courage to the body of Christ and helping those who are afraid to not be afraid. And so my choice and my choice for all of us as we go into this year is let's ask him to take the hard things. The things that we're saying, God, I know you're promising to complete this work in me, but I'm struggling to see how you can do that because I'm weary and I'm exhausted and I don't feel like I can do it. But would you take all the things that are hard, all of my adversity, all of the suffering, all of the things that I struggle with, and would you glorify yourself Mm. through those areas of my life? And would you somehow encourage somebody else to love you more? Would you help those who are afraid to be bold because of what I'm walking through? Would you strengthen your body? Would you grow my faith? Would you help me to be a humble, obedient servant and in doing so emulate your son, Jesus Christ? Because that is what Paul is saying in this verse. He's saying, you can't do it, but the one who started it can and will so where are your eyes? Yes. Who are you looking at? Because if you're looking at you, it's going to be a hard year. If I'm looking at me, it's going to be a hard year. But if we'll take our eyes off of ourselves and put our eyes back on Jesus, we can read this verse, Philippians 1.6, and I am going to read it again. I am certain, and I'm going to insert your name, Melina, but I want every listener, you insert your own name. And I am certain, I am confident, Melina, that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. So I don't know about you, but I am going to write this verse out, put my name in it, and put it on my bathroom mirror. So every day when I wake up, I have this reminder that God started it. He's going to complete it. So I need to be looking at him and what he can do and asking him to glorify himself and draw others to him in the areas of my life that feel most difficult. So as we close in prayer, I am going to actually pray verses nine through 11 from this same chapter over us, Melina. And next week I'd want to come back and I'd like to look at chapter two, verse three with you in Philippians. Is that okay? Would you do that with me? That sounds great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the truth and the choice that you shared to challenge us today. And thank you for praying with me as we go into this new week that God will really help us to keep our eyes on him and remember that he is able We might not be able, but he certainly is. So let's pray. And again, this is Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And Father, we do. We want to bring praise and glory to you. So we surrender and we ask in faith, believing 
that you will help us to be men and women that agree that what you have started, the good work within us, you will continue and you will finish on the day when you return to take us home to heaven. Help us to be men and women that agree with all of the hardship, all of the suffering, all of the pain in our lives, being opportunities for your glory and for your body to be encouraged, your body to be strengthened, and for those that don't know you to be drawn to you. We love you and we trust you and we thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.